0: This is the Fun Belt Podcast, part of the Believe Network.
1: Hosts: to Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report, Jeremy Harper of Razer and Shane Metlin of the Daily News Record.
0: I think it's potentially a very good week for the Sun Belt. But I'm just kind of going off on a random rant. It, it's, it's just frustrating. It's... it's... <laughs>
1: uh,
0: another show and another missing host... Shane Metlin not with us tonight on the injured reserve but we have Jeremy back after I'm back. battling back from injury battling back from the depths of Montgomery Jeremy did you find the referee that called the offsides
1: you know what was funny was um yeah i we had these my father and my brother and i we had these kind of end zone tickets so you can get on the field and then you were supposed to stay in a certain area to sit, but we just sat where we wanted. We ended up just sitting with the uh, with the A State people, but it, you got access to sort of the the clubhouse. So, so at the end of the game, me and my dad, and my brother, are kind of waiting around. For, I forget what we're waiting around for. Going to the bathroom, I think. And all of a sudden, this line of referees starts marching. You know, through they're on their way to their locker room, and I really wanted to say, get those guys. it really was just a bad call but you know i I never really go out and blame referees for bad calls that that well i mean i can blame a referee for a bad call but really it was (laughs) the reason why arkansas state lost the game wasn't because of the bad call the reason they lost the game was because they couldn't stop a a fake field goal that everybody in the whole stadium saw coming And they and uh, Northern Illinois still ran it in for a touchdown. So, you know what? You you shouldn't put yourself in position to have a call like that affect the game. That's that's what happened. Referees have bad days just like everybody
0: else. You know what made me smile about that fake field goal, though, is everyone (laughs) that gives me grief that special teams are not important. But you know what? Special teams win games, baby. And that is proof right there.
1: If you've ever had like like a football team that's played well and then like one year they don't have a good uh, punter or they don't have a good field goal kicker, I mean it really shows, right? And it's the same way with special teams. You can have a great team that plays great defense and great offense, but if you have a spe- <laughs> if you have breakdowns on special teams, you're just going to lose games. And we didn't have our Arkansas State didn't necessarily have bad special teams this year. They they were pretty good. What was shocking is, one, everybody knew that this guy wasn't lining up to to, to kick a 49-yard forty nine yard field goal. Hell, they didn't even want him to kick the extra point at the beginning of the game. And then he ended up missing two field goals, two chip shots. Everybody knew that this guy wasn't equipped. They had a 49-yard field goal. They had already run two trick plays. Uh, uh, and, and so everybody's like, look out for the fake field goal. And I don't know why uh, Coach Jones didn't call a timeout and say, hey, listen, we got to get ready for this fake field goal. Ran it anyway. Ended up being the difference of the game. Fake field goal. Wins the Camellia
0: Bowl. On that note, 5-7 and in the postseason for the Sunbelt Conference. Not bad overall. More wins than Conference USA had uh, teams in the postseason. (laughs) Yeah. So there's always that, including Liberty's drumming there by the Oregon Ducks. But I feel like we saw a, t- a turning of the tide, so to say, in the Sunbelt Conference in the postseason. And we're continuing to see it. That I think G.J. Kinney has actually taken back Texas. <laughs> and we're seeing the fall of Troy. Because Troy Ooh. not only lost Summerall to Tulane as well as over half the coaching staff, including the strength and conditioning coach. Most important. But we're also seeing a mass exodus of players, whether it be to go pro or to the portal to find new homes. Do you think, Jeremy, that Troy is falling? (laughs) I kind of felt like
1: that that same way about Coastal – we felt that way about Coastal Carolina, right? that when Coastal Carolina lost Jamie Chadwell, he went off to Liberty, did pretty good things to Liberty, that Coastal Carolina was done for. And they proved that they still had a little more gas left in the tank. Now, whether or not they have enough gas to continue, we don't know. But, yeah, I don't know if it's the fall of Troy. Troy is really good at reloading. Uh, you know, they, they brought in a pretty good guy. I, I suddenly forget his name. But, yeah, a lot of people in the portal, Tibbs, a lot of people declaring for the NFL – A lot of seniors now suddenly no longer on that team. You got to wonder if maybe even John Summerall was thinking to himself, yeah, this is the time when I got to get out. I'm moving on. Might explain why he went to Tulane, didn't wait for like one of those even bigger offers.
0: I mean, no doubt you're going to get the bigger carrot dangled in front of you when you go to Tulane. I mean, it's a money school. The green wave is not necessarily just – the water in Lake Pontchartrain, I mean, that's the money wave coming in there at you.
1: Is it a green so, wave of money? I didn't know that. I, you know, I got to look at that logo a little closer.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to look really close and you'll see it. <laughs> I'll put it under the microscope. I think if he stays, how many of these guys stay anyway? Because they want to, they want the, the, the three P trademark, uh, Pat, whatever his name was with the Lakers. But how, how, I mean, that's definitely the difference right there, right? Uh, If Summerall stays, I think that staff stays largely intact. I think that they run the tables one more year with that team. But when he's gone, you don't know what this new staff's going to do, what kind of leadership they're going to have on and off the field. You don't really know really What's going to happen there in Troy? And it's a domino effect. When this guy leaves, well, I might as well leave too because he's not going to be here. And then the next guy says, "Oh, well, those two guys left, so I'm going to go as well."
1: Yeah, you know what? They're losing guys like Gunnar Watson, who uh, you know was a much better quarterback than I had given credit for. Uh, Mia Culpa on that Uh, losing commodity. I think he's declared for the NFL draft. Am I right? You, know, you got 15 guys in the transfer portal. You got a coaching staff that has taken off. So, yeah, so I guess what that means for the Sun Belt West is that maybe things, uh, maybe it's time for some new blood. But one move that I saw that really, that really kind of not really amused me, but the reaction to it did was uh, your man, the governor, Kane Womack, kind of getting rid of a big majority of his staff. And there was a lot of people that looked at that and said, Oh, that's Womack. He he's getting rid of a bunch of guys because he wasn't satisfied with how the how the uh how the season played out. I looked at it as, hey, this is the administration saying, Hey, uh, you guys, you need to make some changes here, or you're gonna be next. So I, I don't know if that was Womack's idea or not to get rid of his guys. What did you think about
0: that, Tibbs? I I I agree with you a hundred percent that I think that it was a so that I don't have to get fired, I'm going to fire everyone else and try to uh, save face, show that we're we're turning the the program in a different direction. But look, how can you argue with it when when the Jags were were winning? Was it pretty? Was it as graceful as last year when they were a ten win team? No, but it's never going to be that way, especially with the injuries mounting, the late transfers. But hell, they got. Their second ever bowl game, and yeah. it was at home, and they won it. What more could you really ask for? Yeah, I mean, you
1: win that bowl in Mobile, you don't just win it; you you crush your opponent. I mean, not like maybe not a marquee opponent, but a really solid opponent. And I think it was Eastern Michigan, right? <laughs> and then, of course, you provoke a big fistfight at the end, which was kind of crazy. But yeah, I, I, it's kind of strange that you go out on that winning note. And, and really, South Alabama finished the season fairly strong. And then you could say, all right, we're going to get rid of a bunch of guys. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a little strange to me. It does seem to me that it, 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 it was probably maybe some booster guys, maybe some some uh, athletic direct, director influence saying, Kane, you know, you had everything you could possibly have needed to challenge for the Sun Belt West. Your team didn't do it. Hey, we're glad we won the bowl game. We're glad we have the winning record. It's just not enough. So is it you Kane Womack, or is it these people that you've hired? And Kane Womack Kane Womack probably just said, "Yeah, it's it's not me. It's these guys."
0: As we turn the page into 2024, uh-huh. the way too early predictions. Who do you who do you think has the most to prove this upcoming year in 2024 for football? And and who are you almost expecting a letdown for?
1: (laughs) Who am I expecting a letdown for? Oh, my God. You know what? James Madison. And I'll tell you why. It's because they've got the new coach. And look, look what happened to James Madison. Coach Signetti goes out. And what is it? Seven, eight players immediately bail on James Madison and become Indiana Hoosiers. And then there's several who didn't that are just... You know, declared for the NFL or getting into the transfer portal, they get the new guy from Holy Cross, and that's great. But it's not Coach Signetti. You know, Kurt Signetti is this special kind of coach, and he gets onto he gets to Indiana, and the first thing he says is, "Uh, "Yeah, here's the reason why they hired me, guys. I win." I mean, he's just oozing with confidence. You just, he's just not a guy that you can replace easily. And so, I think James Madison. I know I predicted last year that they were gonna hit a sophomore slump. This is the year that they're gonna hit the sophomore slump.
0: Yeah, I mean eleven and two this year should have had that one extra game in there as in the Sunbelt Conference that. Championship game. Like it or not, they should have. But when you when you're that high and, and you're at eleven and two. 12 and 2, 11 and 3, whatever the record is that you want to say that they won or lost a, a championship game and, and then went on from there. That's hard to repeat. And, yeah. and I mean, we see that even like with the likes of Alabama, right? I mean, they're, they're struggling to stay atop the standings there. We yeah. see it from LSU, from Arkansas, from you name it, going down the list. So I think that that's the team that, that, is the easy gimme pick of a fall? The well, other team other that I... things,
1: before you go on, yeah, I get that too. That they're the ones that have the furthest to far, fall from. But the Sun Belt has been the six and six kind of conference, right? It's hard to say. Point out to like a Marshall or a Georgia Southern or a Georgia State or even an Arkansas State or a Texas State and go, "Oh, they're going to be really disappointing because they're kind of they they were so mediocre." this season that you can't really tell who's going to be the guys that fall and who's going to be the guys that rise. I'm sorry to interrupt, Tibbs. Who are you going to think? Who do you think is going to be that one?
0: I think the other team that we could see a big fall from, I think it's your team, Jeremy. I think Arkansas State. (laughs) I I like them this year. I thought they were a good team, Uh, but I thought that they really overachieved. mm -hmm. And they're going to be close. I think – they're still right at the cusp of of hitting the six-win mark, but I just see them being like a four- or five-win team taking maybe a small step back, not a dramatic step, uh-huh. but I feel like that that's going to be enough to kind of push them down in the Sunbelt Conference West standings. The team that I have the most expectations for, though, is Georgia Southern, oh. year three under Helton, but he hasn't signed that portal quarterback that we've – grown to expect from him so that's really going to be the key difference of their success mm-hmm. or their failures right now they their failure but I'm gambling on them and picking them as my riser for the Sun Belt Conference in 24.
1: Well see I am going to flip-flop your your predictions based on exactly what you just said the quarterback Arkansas State will be coming a second year under a really good quarterback in Jalen Rayner. And they also have guys that are, you know, sophomores and freshmen who played big roles that are going to be one year smarter, one year stronger, and one year wiser. I look at Georgia Southern, and again, it's like they're just picking quarterbacks out of the blue. Guys that aren't – one of the good things about what – butch jones is doing is that he, he he's not going through the transfer route he's building like a little culture in jonesboro where he's getting guys that really believe in what they are doing in jonesboro which is why you're not seeing a lot of guys leaving arkansas state during the transfer portal they're sticking around georgia southern on the other hand if you're going to keep grabbing guys from i don't know where they're grabbing from or where, what tulsa quarterback they're going to get this time they're not getting they're getting mercenaries and you can't really build a a long-lasting program of brothers that believe in themselves if you're constantly going to staff your program with guys from other places who will constantly mutter under their breath, "Well, we didn't do that at Tulane. Well, we didn't do that at USC." So I I I don't I I don't know. I don't know if I can believe that Georgia Southern is going to make this big step. I felt like maybe this year was the year that they showed us that maybe there's something wrong with Clay Helton's formula. But we'll see. We'll see. You and I may have to beg to differ on
0: that. Without a doubt, as always, of course, Jeremy.
1: <laughs> All right, let me throw this at you. I've been hearing like two things about, well, the big the, the, the people that, the, the team that I've been hearing that's supposed to be taking this giant leap this year I'm still not not convinced about this. I guess it matters if the quarterback stays. Texas State. Is Texas State the de facto program that's going to take
0: over the West? I think that when Sunbelt Conference Media Days rolls around, they will be the preseason pick Mm. to win the West. Wow. Do they live up to the hype? I agree with you. Is it? that they have a quarterback of TJ Finley because they've already lost CJ Rogers. They lost Malik Hornsby. Yes. So if they don't have Finley, they're then kind of turning their attention to the star uh, signee they have. I believe he's out of San Marcos right there as well. Good player, but Mm. does it translate into him being ready to play D one football or does he struggle a little bit while he kind of learns the speed of the game and how college football runs
1: yeah and that was huge you know to, to have i believe um let's see let, let me check my my list real quick because i, I want to take a look at who's bouncing around texas state <clears throat> and uh okay here we go so you know we saw malik malik hornsby he's leaving what about their star
0: wide receiver He was a walk-on, but I believe he was a senior. And if not, he'll have that one year left. But I haven't heard anything of him leaving.
1: For some reason, I thought maybe he was leaving. And then Calvin Hill, he was good like last year. Wasn't good this year. I forget what happened to him. But yeah, but yeah, but having Mondy and if Mondy and Finley stay, you just gotta believe that that JG Kennedy has sort of the upper hand in the or GJ.
0: What's ego? Let's say GJ. What did I say? JG. You said JG. <laughs> it's like it, it's 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 like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. May, maybe when he's not doing well, he's JG. Oh. When he's doing good, it's GJ. Wow.
1: Yes, like Doctor Detroit. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. But let's say in the East, I don't. Who do you think is the? You said you you gotta look out for the Eagles. Is there anybody in the else in the East that you think you're we're gonna have to look out for?
0: I never know what to do with Old Dominion. <laughs> I mean, I I look up and down the roster. Look, they're they're losing Jason Henderson, who mm-hmm. who is uh, going pro after what seems like a decade of being there and and you know thousand tackle seasons. But I still don't know what to do with them. I don't know if they're going to be a riser, a sinker. I I really don't know. I am anxious to see Coastal Carolina in the true post-Grayson McCall era. Now, if you noticed, he was even in Hawaii for their bowl game. He was on the sidelines, oh. but he was there. So what do the shots do when they're literally is not a Grayson McCall? He's not in street clothes on the sideline. He's not in the film room. He's not in the huddle. What do they look like? What do they do without that leadership?
1: Mm, yeah, and I'm sure he was almost like a, a second coach for uh, Tim Beck down there in Conway. Yeah, and he's going to be gone. I guess he's with the Wolfpack now, North Carolina State, right?
0: He's howling. He yeah. no longer pisses Till.
1: <laughs> he pisses something else. But yeah, you know ODU. You mentioned ODU. About twenty of their guys are in the transfer portal. Some of their stars have have launched or on their way to uh, NFL careers, or are using their degree for their life after football, and that's great. So it's going to be a totally different ODU team this year. You know, I, I have a feeling that they'll be looking for a new quarterback and they'll be looking for 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 new leadership over there. That will be interesting. I think once again when. Sunbelt Media Days comes. ODU will be the wild card. Wouldn't be surprised if ODU is picked to finish last and then somehow Ricky Ronnie proves him wrong again.
0: I just love talking baseball with Ricky Ronnie. Really? He's a baseball guy. He is a huge baseball guy, Jeremy. I did not know that. Huge.
1: Huge. Huh, okay. Well, maybe he will rather talk baseball than football when we see him in new Orleans this summer.
0: Oh, there's no doubt that he he would rather talk baseball because that, that, that I think is his passion and and his, uh, his break from football and a, and and a chance to kind of get away and be the quote unquote, normal dad to his, uh, his kids there.
1: All right. One program we haven't talked about Tibbs before we move on to, to close us out with hoops. What about the Warhawks, man? New coach came away with the highest rated recruit in all of sunbelt what's going on there in, in monroe what, is there some magic that uh, is forming some 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 uh some new coach magic
0: um i'd just like to say that first of all we thank god and, and appreciate the abilities he's given us to uh, recruit to the bayou Mm-hmm. Finally, Chief Brave Spirit is not pissed <laughs> and, and is willing to allow us to have one good football season, Ooh. and that will be 2024. Actually, in, a, in all seriousness, I, I think that there's a lot of pieces okay. that are on campus. Signed 34, 35 guys. I uh-huh. uh, saw on the halftime interview of the 0-2 now men's basketball program broadcast that <laughs> – Vincent was interviewed and said between 18 to 20 more are expected to kind of sign here in the spring, still need a quarterback, still need a kicker, still need a playmaking wide receiver that can (laughs) really be that guy. Uh Um, Until those pieces are there, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to go 0-8 in Sunbelt Conference they will be better than the 2-10 and 10 overall record that they had this past year. But you also have to remember that their non-conference slate includes stops at Texas, <laughs> who is back, apparently, even though they're not in the title game.
1: Texas is back.
0: Headed to the Plains of Auburn, hosting yep. UAB and hosting Jackson State, the former yep. prime university. <laughs> so not an easy non-conference schedule don't know what the two crossover games are going to be from the east. So the schedule doesn't do any favors, but until they can find a a solid veteran quarterback, it, it's it's going to be tough going for the Warhawks again in 24.
1: Yeah, you know what? I always feel like I'm always pulling a little bit for the Warhawks because the the Sun Belt's more interesting when the Warhawks are playing some good football. Warhawks, oh, you know, you're talking about that out of conference schedule. It's always a hard schedule, Tibbs. I mean, the the Warhawks never make it easy on themselves. I mean, that's kind of what I enjoy about the Warhawks is that, you know, they 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 don't mind taking a punch, especially before conference play starts.
0: So, I wonder if yeah. Champion Baptist has a football team.
1: ahead, <laughs> well, call him <them> up? <laughs> ah, so you were lamenting about hoops, Tibbs. How How is it that there's one Sunbelt game on tonight,
0: and it's ULM and, and and Marshall?
1: How did this happen?
0: We are Marshall. <laughs> I have okay. no idea why, why it wound up coming in to Wednesday because the women are on the road. They're going on the Georgia swing this week, so I have no idea why there's a random Wednesday game. Maybe it was on the Marshall, the scheduling side, that they had to fly from Huntington, and I don't know where they go next, but... Wherever it is, maybe that's the bus ride, so it's more about Marshall than ULM. I, yeah, I thought maybe
1: it was distance, that they they there was some sort of scheduling snafu with that, but that's
0: crazy. Yeah. I mean, you would think Monroe, the birthplace of Delta Airlines, would uh, have better jet service, but no, that is not the case.
1: I didn't realize that about Monroe, that that's the birthplace of Delta Airlines. Is that true?
0: That is a true story. Started off as a crop duster service.
1: Uh, You would think that that ULM would be raking in that deep, deep Delta Airlines cash.
0: Oh, no, they pulled out of Monroe back in like the 90s and and moved everything to Atlanta.
1: Oh, well, that that sucks. I'm so sorry to hear that. But uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. All right. So, Hoops, we had the first round of Sunbelt action on Saturday. Did you check any of it out? Were you watching it? Tibbs, were were you feeling the pulse of the league? Like we know that we know that uh, that Shane was probably doing that. Shane was probably eating it up. But were you Tibbs? Were you on the edge of your seat watching riveting Sun Belt action?
0: I did watch several games. I watched uh, ULM fall at App State. Not surprised by that. That was a prediction that that I had last episode mm-hmm. when you were not here. In, I wasn't uh, here for on that. the sidelines. Yeah. I think App State's a great team. I think that they're a good team, especially at home. Yes. And it's tough to get to Boone. It's tough to play in Boone. And the Warhawks found that out to open up the season 0-1 there against the Mountaineers. JMU continued to roll as expected. You yeah. oh, no, no, I no, no.
1: Maybe... I did not expect
0: that at all. I, I actually you put you didn't expect that down on
1: Texas State. All right, okay, because I'm dumb. I had it in my head. That James Madison, the last few weeks, playing some pretty weak competition, right? Kind of coasting through, you know, getting their little wins against these small schools. Texas State, not an easy out, historically in the Sun Belt. So here they come. I thought maybe they would give uh, the 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 uh, Dukes a little bit more than what they could handle. And for a while there, it was kind of closed. And then Dukes just slammed the lid on them. I did not expect that, Tibbs. Apparently, you
0: did. I did because I know that uh, the Dukes have had a much tougher schedule than playing the likes of uh, Trevecca Nazarin.
1: okay, yeah, that's not a that's not a that's an easy win.
0: They did not fall to the swagtastic Jacksonville Jackson State. Oh, I know somebody did did that. Yeah, so you know, I'm 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 sure that JMU has been tested. They they are a solid program and, and an admirable opponent, unlike another team whose sole economic basis is veterinary clinics.
1: Oh no, Arkansas State doing well. Arkansas State. Had I didn't a- call
0: out. I didn't call out <laughs> a program. I know what you're talking about. Arkansas
1: State played Georgia State, lost ninety-one to ninety in a barn burner. It was a pretty fun game. Home teams had the advantage this time, but all right, you've got to admit, Georgia Southern coming down. Well, I guess I guess it was it was Southern Miss going to Boo or going to Statesboro and losing to Georgia Southern. Oh my God, did we expect that? Did you expect that?
0: Not in the least bit, because I, I forget who said it, that you could basically take Austin Crowley from Southern Miss, go to the uh, the rec center, pick up four guys, and there's your team that would <laughs> hands down win that game. And whoever it was that said that was wrong as wrong could be as Georgia Southern improved to 1 and 12, but more importantly, 1 and 0 in Sunbelt Conference action.
1: With that that was close. It wasn't even a close game, Tibbs. It was just a, a classic beatdown. So, you know, Arkansas State hosts Georgia Southern tomorrow. I'm nervous as hell. Did <laughs> Georgia Southern just become like, like iron after being forged into the fire of an 0 and 12 out of
0: conference season? Oh, my God. They they watched the funk off of there in Eagle Creek. I guess so. Holy shit. So, yeah,
1: undefeated in the Sun Belt, the Eagles, after going 0-12 to start the season. Does that not make you worry a little bit about the Sun Belt, Dusty Thibodeau?
0: The, any team could beat anybody. I think we've seen that. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time that we had a team that ran the tables in conference action on their way to wherever the conference tournament was at the time a uh, knee jerk reaction is i'm sure western kentucky did it or was close north texas i know never did and so yeah anybody can beat anyone i think the one team that m- maybe we could already discount a little bit is coastal carolina with <laughs> legendary coach cliff ellis retiring already yeah, in the already season
1: retired? okay
0: I think they're a mess. I, I, I don't think that they know their identity. I don't think they know who they are. I don't think that they will be able to recover from it. Are they going to be an O for team? Probably not. They'll probably pick up a handful of wins, but I don't see them being the contenders already through the first weekend of Sunbelt action.
1: Oh, so one week you've made that determination. Well, if anybody could do that, it would be you, Tim, because I really do respect your acumen
0: for There's one. person Hmm, what? Hmm? So there's one person.
1: <laughs> it's me. I'm your fan. I'm the guy who understands you the most. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of a rosy outlook. I, I, I'm a little more more skeptical. When I see that a team has gone 0 for 12 in the out of conference and then immediately find success when they go into their own conference, that makes me think that maybe there's something weak about the Sun Belt, I, I I could be totally off base, but we have noticed that the Sun Belt has struggled this year, a little bit unexpectedly. Now here we are. I don't know. I I don't know. I just feel nervous, Tibbs. It should, I should. I I guess maybe I shouldn't feel this nervous. I just do. Well,
0: here's the problem I have overall okay. as I throw my phone. Yeah, I don't out know what of disgust of of the Warhawks falling yet again. Um. Uh, The NCAA doesn't want the G5, the non-P5, P4, P3, whatever you want to call them, to have any slice of the pie from the NCAA. Uh, So the regular season champ no longer gets the automatic bid into the NIT. I know you're very mad about that. So it's really all about the conference tournament. Who gives a damn, honestly, about these games right now? It's all about what can we do to make sure we get to Pensacola Mm. And play through those games to get the NCAA tournament bid. That's all that really matters because the regular season is pointless now. That's good wisdom. That is good wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you, first of all,
1: if you got the net, you've got to be a top 50 net, right? To have any chance at getting an at large bid and maybe even more like a top 40 net. So right now you've got James Madison. Yeah, let's let's see where our net is right now.
0: And I think if you're if you're coming from a G five type of conference or a non uh automatic qualifier or whatever you want to call them in the basketball realm, I think you gotta be a, a top ten net. Really? Ooh. To really guarantee yourself to it. In I mean, other look- words, it ain't gonna happen that a McNeese gets an at-large bid. They gotta go run the tables even to Win the Southland in order to get into the NCAA tournament. So, uh, James been, Madison being yeah. ranked will not get an at large bid. They well. would get an at large NIT bid, but <laughs> they're going to have to run the tables in Pensacola to get into the NCAA. That's, that's the way it is and the way it's just going to keep being for us in the smaller conferences. Have you looked at Sunbelt Net? Only when you post it on the X.
1: So you you saw the latest one. James Madison's at 32 right now. You know it's not going to stay there playing through the Sunbelt. Even even though we have our little Mac tournament in the middle there, it's just not going to hold. I, I don't know where James Madison ends up. I, I think there's some hope that James Madison plays well enough and then somehow loses in the Sunbelt tournament and we get two guys into the into the into the uh into the mix. Is there a chance in hell that happens? I'm listening to you. And it sounds like no.
0: No, I don't even see us having an NIT and NCAA tournament this year. It's going to be one bid for the NCAA, for the tournament champion, and uh-huh. a bunch of C-level Ooh. tournament participants. Well, that's, there good on news.
1: Out. that's good news for you, Tibbs, because you love those tournaments. The CBI, the the... I don't even know the
0: others. CIT. Yeah.
1: You love those. You love those tournaments. I do. It's the lifeblood of college basketball.
0: It's G5 at at its best. And then a really bad, horrible P5 team that has to, quote unquote, suffer with the rest of us peons. (laughs) I'm glad that you're finally
1: getting like you're succumbing to this bitterness that has really shaped my mood about college athletics for the last 12 years. I'm glad that finally, Tibbs, you have become the bitter old man that I have become. Congratulations. Welcome into the community.
0: I know we're talking basketball, but you know a big thing that really fueled it was being an FWA All-American voter. Yes. Sitting on these calls. Yeah. After doing the research Mm -hmm. about our Sunbelt brethren and the guys deserving of All-American honors. Yeah, and, and and we're not talking about just any mini money mo. We're talking about legit guys. guys Jalen Green. Guys who put up stats. Jalen Green, yeah. Jason Henderson, Colin Absolutely. Lacey, Maldy. All these guys more than deserving of it. And yet they just glaze over it going, eh, they play in the Sun Belt, that's not the same. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you have over a 1,000 yards receiving... It doesn't matter what league you're in. You still got to catch the ball. You got to have yak. You got to be able to get open. You got to be able to run the routes. You got to put up the stats. It doesn't matter the level of competition. South Alabama and Alabama both put on the
1: pads and play on the same field. They really do. It's only a matter of depth that separates those two programs. It really is. You can put those guys toe to toe, their best players versus their best players, and they will compete. I guarantee you. And so when you say somebody like a Cullen Lacy is a subpar, not worthy of all American honors, that that's just wrong. Look at the look at the wide receivers right now playing in the NFL, uh, The wide receivers and uh, and tight ends: Tolbert, Isaiah Likely. There's some running backs coming out of uh, Elijah uh, Mitchell. Uh, this, the talent is good enough to be in the NFL. And you're saying they're not good enough to be an All-American? That's nuts, Tibbs.
0: They're flukes, Jeremy. That's, that's all it is, is flukes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, I guess since we've dipped back in the football, you know, I don't like talking about other conferences. But Liberty getting destroyed – it was it the Fiesta Bowl? Is that what it was? The Fiesta Bowl, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Against Oregon? I, I watched the majority of that. And yeah, I, I think we had we've discussed this. Was Liberty worthy of being in that position? And uh, you know, with their strength of schedule being as weak as it was, I thought it was very lazy of the of the committee just to go, oh, well, they're 13-0, and so they must be the best G5. I mean, we're just going to put them in there. We're going to have them get slaughtered by Oregon. No offense to Liberty. No offense to Jamie Chadwell, but that team was not ready for Oregon. They did not play the competition necessary to be in a NY6 bowl. And it was embarrassing, not just for Oregon not just for liberty but for the college football playoff structure to be so lazy in looking and researching who was the best G5 that the only thing that they could see was record 13 and 0 that's the only thing that mattered to the committee they didn't want to do anything deeper they didn't want to look at the games they didn't want to look at the competition they didn't want to look at the other uh, teams out there, they were just like 13 and 0, we'll rank them 23rd in our poll, and we'll put them out there and let them get hammered by Oregon. Not fair.
0: Two trains of thought there. Yeah. The first, Oregon's hand gesture, you know, the Red Wolves have their, their wolf, South Alabama has their L, mm-hmm. and so forth. Oregon's hands together o oh, yeah is the exact same number of p5 opponents that Liberty played this past year. <laughs> yes. When we look back, not to rub salt in your wounds there Jeremy. Okay. What did Arkansas State do in that opener p5 game? Oh, we lost 73 to 0. To but Oklahoma. it prepared you but it prepared you it did for that level of competition.
1: Right away we understood what it meant to play that level of competition and where we needed to be.
0: Having watched that game, was Oklahoma maybe on the same level as UTEP? Were no. they on the same level as Sam Houston? Probably not. No,
1: I don't think so. Buffalo? Well, historically, has had some
0: good teams, but maybe not this year. My point is, they didn't play anybody. Oh, so so, yeah, they probably were going to run the tables. Yes, ran the table on a
1: conference made up of FCS teams moving up and some scrap FBS programs, (laughs) and again. I'm not trying to bust on Jamie Chadwell. Congratulations on that great season. But you beat up on a, it, it, it would be like Alabama suddenly like being in, I don't know, the CAA <laughs> and just running through them. And then them them given an NY6 bowl as a as a result. It wasn't the fair. Other, it wasn't fair to everybody. The fans the other everybody.
0: point I have. They, the Illuminati, the P4, the P5, whatever you want to call them. They wanted this because <laughs> this shows why the G5 as a whole could not be allowed in the playoff, the New, New Year 6, at all.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to hear Kurt Herbstreet at some point say, look what happened to Liberty. Yeah, was that a good game? I mean, they were the best team to come out of the G5, and they didn't put up any struggle, any fight against Oregon. You know at before then I think the the record between G5 and P5 in that game had been something like 5 and 6, right? It would be like, it was almost even. And now people will only remember that Liberty got
0: destroyed by Oregon. I mean they'll and, forget and, 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 and I'll say this especially since Shane's not here. I don't think if James Madison would have ran the tables, and in light of Signetti leaving and everything else, James Madison would have fared any better. But to say that that's the representation for the G5, <laughs> I, I'm i not buying it. No, I don't get it
1: either. It's a, it's a shame that it had to go down this way. But then again, college football is going to look a lot different starting next season. We don't... <laughs> I mean, if you if you I, this might be the last year where we had a normal college football season. Next year, gosh, I don't even know how it's going to look. There's no Pac-12. You got two. Mega- <laughs> yeah, well, those those guys pretty much combined with the with the Mountain West, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, basically, right? <laughs> They don't want to be the Mountain West, but they're going to play the Mountain West, kind of like the way I I don't know, I guess. Uh, I guess um,
0: uh, Notre Dame joined the uh, ACC.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of like they kind of they're Notre
0: Daming up there. Okay, that's fine. Getting back to the round ball, though, Jeremy. Okay, no surprise. Georgia Southern picks up the win. They move to eleven and two. Old Dominion, James Madison, also get the wins. ULM gave James Madison a good scare, and I told y'all. I didn't say that ULM's women was going to win it all, but they were going to be a lot better than last year. Uh, I'm believe- still sticking by them being a top five team, and and at least on Saturday, James Madison was the better team, but ULM's the real deal. No, you're very excited about the Warhawks
1: women, and you you, you should be. I I've seen some, uh, you know, what what's a, what, what, some publicities, maybe some some. Some praise heaped towards the Warhawks women as sort of sleepers in the women's department for uh, for basketball, something I've never seen before coming out of the Warhawks. So, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, what, what was the final score against James Madison?
0: Uh, five, six points. Five, six I mean, points? It, it, yeah, it was right there.
1: Yeah, you know, James Madison historically and recently a very good women's program. So for ULM to come over there and uh, c- compete, they went to James Madison, right?
0: No, they were they were in the uh, friendly confines of Fant Ewing Coliseum.
1: Okay, well, that kind of takes the shine out of it a
0: little bit, but yeah.
1: oh Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's going to be a very, you know, the way the men's are have, have been a little disappointing, I feel like the women's basketball in the Sun Belt is going to be really good this year. You know, I think there's going to be some really – um I think the standings are going to be a lot tighter than it was last year. When it just what was it Texas State and and
0: JMU last year? Yes. Yeah. With Texas State taking the the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I, I feel like it's going to be a little more competitive this year. I've seen some A State women. I've watched more women's basketball this season than I've had in a long time, and it's been good. It's been a good product. I've been really enjoying watching it, uh, even on the national scene with Caitlin whatever her name is from Iowa State sinking that midcourt three pointer. Yeah, it was Iowa. Okay. That's just some exciting stuff. So, uh I'm looking forward to this uh Sun Belt women's season. It's it's going to be good.
0: Last thing I have on basketball, TJ mm-hmm. Bickerstaff, yes. US BWA National Player of the Week. He is one of four D1 players shooting 67% from the floor on the season. Oh, that's pretty good. 67? Did you say 67? 7%. 67%? 67%. Damn. That's pretty valuable. And that's why James Madison is the real deal on the men's side.
1: Hmm.
0: Well done. Anything else, Jeremy? Before we break into the plugs, promos, parting shots.
1: i have them ready, man. I'm ready for my uh parting shot.
0: Lead us away, then.
1: All right. So, yeah, I went to the Amelia Bowl, held in Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> By the way, we we found the the site of the Montgomery Bowl uh, boat brawl. I don't know if you remember that the boat captains and the and the guys from the pleasure boat. Getting it getting it on at the uh, at the wharf there. So we took some pictures. It was nice. I drank a lot of four roses, you know, met up with a bunch of guys who really celebrated. had a great time. The f- game was at eleven o'clock in the morning. So it wasn't really like the kind of like nighttime festive kind of game that you would normally have and like all of our bowl games in previous times have been at night. So this was sort of a strange occurrence. But we had gotten some tickets. In the end zone at the at the stadium and in the end zone of this particular uh, stadium, I forget the name of the stadium in Montgomery, they have kind of a field house in one end zone. It's like they have their basketball court and stuff and then these big windows that overlooks the field. So we're like, okay, we can stand here and kind of, you know, have our beers or or juices or food because they were supposed to be offering premium food with the tickets. And we'll watch the game from there, or we'll go down the field, or whatever. So we get in there, and these big, beautiful windows that they have are completely blocked off by these party tents, these corporate tents that they've put up, like segmented off. Only the people in these segmented tents could look out these windows, and there was nobody in the tents. Somebody had bought the tents, like some corporation. But nobody was there. It drove me nuts. Here I am. I bought a ticket. It's a pricey ticket, mind you. I'm not allowed to look out the window. And then to top it off, the premium food, some cold chicken wings, and some meatballs, which were actually not bad. But anyway, I was really disappointed with the uh, Camellia Bowl's effort there. Kowtowing to corporate interests making it so the common man like me couldn't enjoy the amenities that they had promised me, they need to do a better job. Do a better job, Camellia Bowl. I know it is within you to do it. Awesome, Jeremy. Yeah,
0: I'm glad that you enjoyed the Crampton Bowl.
1: <laughs> oh, the Crampton Bowl, yes.
0: Beautiful stadium. I love it. I just didn't like the it- situation. It's much improved from my high school days of, of playing there in the Crampton Bowl. Ooh. I have nothing on, on a plug promo or a parting shot. Oh, I know. I'm oh so God. unprepared. I, I feel like Jeremy. So a professional. professional. Jesus. <laughs> I, you, you know what my parting shot is? Okay. I'm, I'm glad that I show up for these shows. I have the Cal Ripken streak going on, hosting You're Fun Belt sure. Podcast. You're making always making my sure. way. Going injured, going horse, going sick, going whatever. You could be sick. Just to make Jeremy look good (laughs) on an audio podcast.
1: Always, you know what? You take my world, worldly, brilliant takes, and you somehow shine them up and make them even better. I
0: don't have the strength to do it tonight, Jeremy. (laughs)